Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. We're recording this, what, an hour and a half, two hours after the game ended? I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined in this insane world by Tracy Pearson. What just happened, Tracy? It's just you and me, Dave, and, and just walking arm in arm in the, this insane world in madness. together. We are walking arm in yes. arm in madness. And I don't know, I'm I'm a few drinks in, so I might not be completely coherent. Um you, what you wrote was a thing of beauty. I have, I have chills. It, I mean, that was it's just the number one thing here is just toughness. I mean, Jaime Hawkes played 45 minutes. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. I, I don't know I don't how you know. do that and then also be in effect. Like the thing was he played 45 minutes and then 45 minutes were the last – 10, I would say he was the absolute number one focal point for what UCLA was trying to do offensively. Just giving him the ball and having him work in like physical situations where he had to be like dictating to the defender the entire time and he was still able to do what he did. That was such an incredible game from him. And and we've speculated that maybe his uh, free throw shooting has trailed off this year, maybe because he's tired or fatigued. But on the court when he's playing... He, he doesn't look any different. Uh, he's uh, it's it's seriously phenomenal. Just not his mental toughness, but his his physical toughness. I mean, you nailed it. This is Mick Cronin's spirit animal. But I mean, we could talk about the entire roster this way, and we we might as well. Well, that's the thing. Um, it's like this this yeah. whole thing, and I mean, it, it was the uncanny part of that game for me. Was okay. UCLA surges in the first half. But it does it on the back of, like, some ridiculous circus shots. You had to know an Alabama run was coming. And then it came so quickly into that second half. And then it was just UCLA more or less hanging on for dear life. Because they only scored, I think it ended up being 25 points. But they were hanging on 20 points in the second half until the closing seconds. Um, To then turn around after giving up that back-breaking three and just annihilate them in overtime... I don't. I've never seen that from a UCLA team. Like, and I do mean that. Even the Howland teams, that level of like just mental toughness to just be like, okay, well, that's no big deal. We just got worked for the entire half and gave up a huge backbreaking three when we thought we'd snuck into a win. Okay, well, that's fine. We're just going to score, you know, twenty three points in this overtime and put them away. That was incredible. Nothing. Nothing phases them. And and you've got to. It's it's got to be a combination of a lot of things uh, i mean literally mick cronin toughening them up just by coaching them and then uh, l- losing some really close games that they, that they should have won probably they just go yeah well we're, we're just going to keep playing i mean things things can change they don't nothing phases them it, it's strange i did want to say i thought the game and i asked cronin about this i thought the game completely hinged uh First half, UCLA goes up, and then Alabama goes on that run, and you're just saying there's there's no way they can stop this team. Yeah, it was nine to seventeen. They had gone on a fifteen to two run, something silly like that. I don't know. And Cronin called a timeout, and from that point on, he said in his in the post game that he tweaked some tactics, specifically defense on switching and help and. And that made a huge, huge difference. Um, 
From that point on, they were in the game and competitive. Even during that second half run, still competitive. So there were some there were some tactical parts and uh, and changes and adaptations in this game that that were really critical right at that right at that moment. Yeah. Um, and one thing I, I just yeah. you just noticed as the game went on is more and more of their attacks at the rim, they were coming from the sides rather than in front of the rim. They started getting less and less right there in the middle of the key. Um, it started to be drives down the down the sides of the lane, which um, seemed to create more tough shots, and also allowed Cody Riley to hit more of those trail blocks that he just he had four blocks in this game, four. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about Cody Riley. And uh, you and I both tweeted out. It was funny. I tweeted something, and then I looked at your tweet, and I, I think I I used almost the same wording that you <laughs> because I, I never look at your Twitter, Dave. No, no, no. You got to keep focused. You got to keep your eye on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Cody Riley, it was almost completely correlational. He comes out of the game, UCLA surges. He goes in the game, they sputter. On both sides, not only offensively did they sputter offensively, the flow wasn't there because they were trying to feed him the ball and it just it wasn't, it wasn't flowing. And then on defense, he was, just, he was getting killed. That one backdoor along the baseline, oh, it yeah. took him so long to react. It, he would, so it was correlational. I turned to the person sitting next to me and said, Cronin believes that Cody Riley could win this game down the stretch because he's done it so many times because teams tire out and he's big and strong, you know, physically do it. He's betting on Cody Riley and you got to give him some credit because Cody didn't have like some of the games he's had before, but he was critical on offense and defense down the stretch. He absolutely was. And I'm still like, Jalen Clark probably should have seen the floor a little bit more. Just yeah. Because Jalen Clark in this game was, it it truly was. I mean, people have been making this comparison for a while now. He is he was mini Rodman in this game. Scored nothing. Yeah. Didn't, didn't score a point. Or he ended up with three, sorry, yeah, on the three free points. throws in the yeah. overtime. Uh, yeah. Nine rebounds, four of which were offensive in 18 and minutes on the floor. It's sick what he's able half. to do. It's gross. Six the first half when he played a real half. I know. It's, because it, Cody, Cody Riley, yeah. It is gross, Tracy. It is gross how many rebounds he can just get because of his positioning, because of how tenacious he is, and because he knows, like, he's got that, you know, that weird rebounding sense that you just see in some guys sometimes where they just know where the ball is going to carry him. Because you can even see him, the, the, like, junk rebounds he picks up because he's just positioned right for the carom off a long three. Like, he gets so yeah. many rebounds just from pure positioning. Um, but it was huge in this game. Absolutely huge. Uh, and every time he was on the floor, UCLA went on a run. Uh, he was a, yeah. I think he was a plus 15 for the game. Some satisfaction, because I have this friend who, the first time he saw Jalen Clark, said, that guy's not a UCLA player. And I just said, yeah, huh, just wait. <laughs> I, I, and, and still, did you, he, did you get that guy's eyes checked? Oh. Uh, uh, you know, it's hard sometimes, you know, it's hard to convince people when, I mean, when it comes to basketball, I mean, I think I'm pretty good at evaluating football and basketball players, but you know, I've been doing basketball for a long time and I know, I'm pretty good knowing what I'm seeing and you can't convince anyone when they, when they know something. So it's just a matter of let it play out. Yeah. I mean, I remember this happened, this happened with two off the top of my head, Darren Collison and Aaron Holiday. 
both I had some people questioning whether they were UCLA level. Oh, and uh, our boy, uh, Thomas Welsh. Yeah. And I said, well, the people questioning the people questioning Thomas Welsh's level were the uh, UCLA coaching staff. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, they had to be convinced <laughs> to take him. They saw him, walked away after 10 minutes of a game and literally said he's not UCLA level and walked away. So anyway, also, if we're giving... Uh, so we we touched on Jaime. I don't even know if we've given him enough praise. But we are now officially Dizro again. You know, this is, David David Singleton, this is David Singleton, Singleton report online and everyone needs to back off. Because yeah. that's just what yeah. this site I is. I need a graphic then. I need to change the site. 15 points, 15 points in 20 minutes and basically automatic. I thought he was so automatic. I thought that 28 footer that he took was going to go in. <laughs> yeah. And that's not his yeah. range at all. But that was no. for him to do that, especially in this game against that level of athletes. Because if you've noticed in the past, if you go look at like the box scores, the more athletic teams UCLA plays, Singleton generally doesn't play a lot because it tends to be a tougher matchup for him. But not only offensively, defensively, he was staying in front of his guy for most of the game. Um, him and Kaiman both, honestly. Kaiman played some good defense in this one. But Singleton, his automatic yeah. shooting was so critical. Every single three felt like it was the biggest three of, in history. Yeah, and again... Um... You can see there's he's so even killed. There is no panic at all. He just catches that thing and makes it without. And his shot is the same. And you got to give him credit. Made that little mid range, which was key. And he's doing that now, like he's like he's shooting threes. Like yeah. he's certain he's going to make that. So, well, that was him in high school much more. Like he was able to do that in high school. It just kind of fell out of his game. Um, but he's kind of found, I think, maybe some confidence with it again. Yeah, and Tiger Campbell, um, 13 points, uh, five assists, uh, a one, couple of huge— One turnover. Huge. That, that, yeah, one turnover, and a couple of really huge plays. Um, well, let's just—how critical was it taking those two charges? <laughs> Single-handedly disrupting everything Alabama wanted to do to open the game. Single-handedly. <laughs> just taking two charges— the first one should have been a flagrant. Like, he should have gotten two shots in the ball. Should, and you know why? It's because he's throwing an he's, elbow when Tiger's 5'11". Exactly, because he's face. so small that where his elbow would have hit him in the midsection, instead it rocketed him in the cheek. Um, but whatever, it counts. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I thought Campbell, um, you know, he, got, he had some foul trouble that kept him out in some critical moments. And I think it's kind of clouded by how well Jules Bernard, Jules Bernard shot it at the end of the first half. Um, but I thought Campbell's Campbell was one of the most essential players on the floor. Um, he was leading the offense. I thought he was really good too. Um, you know, not turning it over against pressure um, and creating some nice plays. I mean, I thought he had a nice connection with Cody Riley, particularly there at the end of the regulation um, to uh, to make it. I think sixty three sixty two. But yeah, I thought he played a really nice game and again critically one turnover. Uh, they would not have won this game if they had turned it over at anything like a high rate. And to finish 45 minutes of basketball with eight turnovers, that that's the stat for me of the entire game is eight turnovers and, and, in 45 minutes. And I'm just throwing this out just for argument's sake. You know, the, the knock on Tiger is that he's just not big or athletic enough 
to lead to help UCLA win at a high level? Well, I mean, we're in the Elite Eight. UCLA's in the Elite Eight. We're we're talking high level right now. I mean, this is the kind of level where you're talking. And he's played he's played really, really well. He this was Taking out Jones, where he had to sit that entire half. Dang, I mean, that might have been the game. That guy was that guy was conference player of the year and defensive player of the year. I, I mean, that's a way to take a future NFL player out of the game. You make him charge twice. Well, and that's uh, the thing is that that first half, if you're wondering why it was much easier for UCLA to score in the first half than it was in the second, sure, there were some circus shots. Uh, but a lot of it was him being out of the game. Um, yeah. They, they found some easier easier looks with him out. Um, no, I think that was critical, absolutely huge. And uh, speaking to those same people, I, I think there's a there's a tendency to think of, and, you know, it's I think a lot of people touched on this earlier in the year, to think of the team that you're watching, you think of it in terms of its deficiencies in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. There are some things about this team that make it, it in and of itself, a hard matchup. Having two big, powerful wings like Jules Bernard and Jaime Jaquez, like the attention yep. they demanded when they when they got the ball and the physicality they created just by you know their ability to drive even a little bit. Um, now Bernard, most of his shots came from three in this one, but still, just what that demands from a defense, they really wore this team down. Like a big part of what went on in this game is that they were so physical with Alabama um, that. Alabama then missed a bunch of free throws and missed missed a bunch of three-pointers. That was one of the keys to the game, and they executed it to a T. A big part of that was Tiger Campbell and just what he was doing with the ball, but also just Jules Bernard, Jaime Hawkes, to an extent Johnny Juzang even, just their ability to wear this team down and force them to defend for 25 seconds of the shot clock where there's contact all the time, every possession. Yeah. Um God, there's so much. There's so much that's just flashing in my brain to talk about. Uh, Alabama style of play, Nate Oates coaching. Remember, everyone was clamoring for Nate Oates to UCLA to hire Nate Oates, and I brought up, and I'm just going to say it this way: um, he didn't get past the vetting, so there are there are fit issues. We'll leave it there. Style of play. You know, when you can get a bunch of NBA-type players um, that are big and athletic and put the ball on the floor, uh, this will work and can shoot. They also have to be able to shoot. Um, But clearly, who got the most? Which coach got the most out of the talent they had on the court? Well, in that game. But here's the thing: Mick Cronin not only obviously answer is the answer to that question. I don't think there's, aside from Wayne Tinkle, I don't think another coach in this entire season has an argument. It's Mick Cronin and yeah. Wayne Tinkle. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else has, I think, an overwhelming degree of talent um, that helps. But uh, UCLA, I think they've got, I think they've got a mix, a roster mix that makes them a tough matchup for some teams. But I don't think you would describe. Again, we're just going to go back to it. But I don't think you'd describe any one of these guys as an overwhelming talent. But I think it's a tough mix. I mean, I think particularly against this team, it turned out that everything that we identified kind of pregame as, okay, the keys to the matchup are going to be dictate tempo and then hope they miss and hope they miss by dictating some physicality to them too. Make them tired. Make them make their legs tired. Both of those worked out to an absolute T. Um, just it, it was 
it was a brutally simple game plan, but it worked. Um, and I think that's the thing with this team is that they're tough and they're a little bit brutal. I mean, Jaime Hawkes as like a matchup for, you know, your average, you know, think about like all these like six, six athletes, you know, these 195 pound guys like dealing with Hawkes is a chore. I mean, he's a big yeah. dude. He's like 225. He's going to hurt you a little bit when you're trying to guard him. Um, and just his ability to do that at the end of this game was just, I mean, I think we're just kind of rambling at this point because we're still getting over this game. No, but game. it's good. But that's, it's just. That's what everyone wants to hear. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's there's some things about this roster just as it stands with, you know, three six six guys and Cody Riley being a bit of a bruiser um, that makes it uh, something that's a chore to defend. But it's also about getting the most out of them. Uh, you know, Mick, Mick Cronin is is pegged as a defensive coach. Uh, and everyone have, has bemoaned he's not an offensive coach. They've played better defense clearly in the last three weeks. But this team goes nowhere without this well-designed offense, which, as you said, has exploited some mismatches because it's got three 6'6 six, six wings yep. who are... You know, Bernard and and Jaime are big, strong guys, and he's found matchups. It's now to the point that Jaime has, has clearly recognizes when he has a mismatch on someone, and you can just see that that I don't think he's taking. I don't think he's exploiting it enough. Actually, no. I'd like to see him do it even more. Get into the paint. They posted him up a couple of times in this game. I'd like to see that a lot. Yeah. Um, but he's starting to come in. I, I shouldn't say coming to his own. He's starting to realize more and more that what he can do uh, against, like what you said, a 6'6", 6'7", 185-pound guy who he outweighs by 25 and 30 pounds, and he's just, and he's just tougher. Yeah, um, and it's because, I mean, Jaime is not, I don't think, creative on the dribble, but he's got a strong dribble. Like, he doesn't get yeah. picked that often. So even against those guys who might be a little bit longer and a little bit more technically athletic, they're usually not going to pick him, and he can just kind of bully them. Um, and you saw that a little bit in this one. Yeah. Um, so just talking about how what coaching we're seeing here, um, you and I have talked about uh, when UCLA hired – Cronin and we started really getting into it and and in by the second half of last season we started if you're talking about different elements that a coach would put together like being able to get his team to play a high level of fundamental defense uh an efficient offense and then toughness instilling toughness you could see that this program under Cronin had a lot of potential Right. You, you could see that th there were elements that were there. There have been other times and we've watched some programs and the elements just they just weren't there. I, I mean, all, a lot of the elements that you need. But I, I think this is kind of confirming what you and I both both thought. And of course, can we nitpick some decisions? Can we nitpick not fouling <laughs> on Alabama's last possession? I think they attempted, but they did it really lamely. Um, yeah, that was that was. I think that got a little three dimensional, Chessy. Um, like, yeah, probably just foul. I mean, I know, but the refs are not going to be predisposed to call it a shot if they shoot it from three quarters court. Like, they're not. Yeah. So just just foul. 
Um, yeah, but whatever. Just just foul, out. just foul immediately as soon as, as soon as the ball's caught. And it, it was also trying to run some clock before you foul. Just don't do that. Just foul. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and that's it, what he is. He's a he's he, he. That's his tactic is fouling in that. Instance. Yeah, I think he overthought. So, I think he overthought it. Yeah. But overall, uh, yeah, we can nitpick. No one's ever going to be. No one's ever going to be perfect. Um, but damn, you just have to be happy about about having a coach that gets the most out of his players. Does it in a way that I like to. I like to watch. I like to watch a tough defense. I like to watch uh, an efficient offense, and I especially like to see a team that just won't give up. I mean, that that's the biggest thing for me. And I don't know if you saw Mick's post, um, post-game yeah, comments. Yeah, I did. I mean, he's starting, he's starting to get to the point where some things he says is almost like, it's like a movie script at times. You know, like... When the, the question at the end was asking him, like, okay, well, I mean, are these your guys? You know, and he just said, well, uh, I said, show up for workout tomorrow. And if you show up tomorrow, you're my guy. I mean, and the way he said it, it's almost like a scripted movie these days, some of the things he's saying. And uh, there's just so many elements here that I, if there's any can you doubt a little bit of Cronin's tactics and po- at different points? Sure. But overall, you just can't doubt that he's going to have a real chance to make this program very successful. Whatever. Look, we're, we're hypercritical. And Whatever. No, no, but we're hypercritical. Lots of people are hypercritical of all this stuff, and you analyze sports to death. But the thing is, um, I've never seen a, a mentally – relative to like their talent, I don't think I've ever seen a mentally tougher UCLA team. And that's the kind yeah. of stuff that is so much coaching. You don't just you don't just like run into chemistry that works like that. And it wasn't even like this towards the end of the year. Um, that is from reps. It's from coaching. It's from what's instilled in them. Um, and that's the stuff that that's the stuff that you hire a Mick Cronin for. Um, this yeah. team is playing, I would say, elite championship level defense for what it has uh, over the last three and a half games. Um, they're so, not going to be an elite, uh, truly elite defensive team because they don't truly have a rim protector. But aside from that, just pure personnel deficiency, he is getting absolutely positively as much as he can out of these guys right now defensively because they're committed, because they understand the the moment, um, which he has clearly instilled in them. He's instilled in them this, you know, kind of heart of a champion, that sort of thing. And we'll see how far their talent is actually going to carry them because at a certain level, you know, Jimmy's and Joe's matter. Um, But it's carried them past Alabama, which I don't know. I've watched a lot of tournament games. um, And look, I think there's a tendency to say, oh, they didn't play particularly well. um, So maybe they weren't that good. No, Alabama was damn good. They were damn good coming into this one. And what happened with Alabama is that they got completely wiped out by what UCLA was doing to them. They they lost their legs. Um, and this was a very tough matchup for UCLA. Um, and one that I thought was maybe the toughest remaining for UCLA. Maybe Baylor too. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for just um, at this point in the year where everyone is good. 
being the tougher team, being the one that's oh, more mentally strong, being the one with more heart. And who can say that UCLA is not the one that has that in 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 spades at this point in the year? Uh, absolutely. I mean, watching that game, you know, UCLA, the Pac-12, just doesn't get so much credit. But God, there was there was a marked difference in toughness in that in that game. Um, and and uh, you know, one thing while we're while we're talking about it, and I remember. I got to call out our old friend Billy Witz just a little. If you listen to the if you listen to the interview and he said, yeah, when Mick Cronin's postgame interview and he said, I, I don't remember, you know, a player who is dedicated to playing as much defense at UCLA since Earl Watson. Um, Billy, with all due respect, you must have been sleeping through like Aaron O'Flala, Luke Bamute, uh, Darren Collison. Where were you? <laughs> But I get your point. But man, if you're going to say something like that, you should maybe cite Aaron or Russell Westbrook. That might that might work, too. Um, he clearly yeah, hadn't just, watched. He clearly hadn't watched since he stopped covering the team since he was in L.A. I yeah. think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you say were the? I'm not trying to call you out at all because, you mm -hmm. know, I love you. Yeah. What were the chances? What were the chances that UCLA would beat Alabama in that uh, story? I, I originally had it as a one and nine, but let's remember, let's remember, the team that showed up even for the first half against Michigan State would have gotten smoked off the court by Alabama. Like absolutely like a Christmas ham smoked. Uh, <laughs> they they found something. I mean, at halftime against Michigan State, and it's the thing that, you know, Cronin keeps citing. They found something, and now for I would say seven consecutive halves include and plus two overtimes. They've played at a championship level on defense, um, and that's been the huge, the big difference. Yeah. Well, while while I mentioned the Pac-12, and it's in in my mind, let's just let's just uh, I don't know how to say it. Uh, bask in the fact that now, when when I'm watching the game or the post game, and or, or just during the game, and the announcers, in my mind are just so slanted one way. Um, it's just so <laughs> it's so satisfying to see them kind of fumble it when they don't know how to in this game, you tell me if I'm wrong, they were they were waiting for Alabama to come back. They 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 were I wouldn't say cheering, but for whatever reason, you could see they wanted to see it. I, I mean, they're so like um, uh, the chart the the play toward the end of the game when uh, a lot of people thought it was a um, it was a block by Tiger Campbell, right? Yeah. That, that, he uh, wait was that it? No, I'm sorry. Tiger Campbell went up and it should have been a charge. Sorry. Right. He left his feet. He he he's allowed to come down. When he left his feet, the guy snuck in under him. He dishes off. Cody Riley lays it in. It's a huge play. What are the announcers doing? They're, they're trying to draw attention that it was probably a charge when if you rewind, not only was it a good play and you should maybe bring attention to that, Cody Riley was fouled as he's laying the ball in, just slapped upside his arm. Just phenomenal to me how it's they just don't want to acknowledge this, but this is fun. This yeah. is truly fun. To, just every time they don't acknowledge it, just just really taking a lot of pleasure in this. I, so with the play-by-play -play guys, I didn't notice it as much. With the studio guys, like Barkley, 
just so obviously upset because he picked Alabama pre-game and then was so upset at halftime and was just like, Alabama's just playing horribly and the whole thing. And it's just like, uh, no, no. I mean, UCLA made some shots, but it's an even game. It, it was an even game at halftime, even with UCLA hitting some circus shots. Um, at worst, yeah. an even game. And at yeah. you could make an argument UCLA just completely outplayed him in the first half. Um that wasn't this is the thing that I hate is like and now it's all oh Alabama didn't play its best and then you know, for the for the Abilene Christian game it was they didn't play their best and it's like well well why do you think yeah I mean it's Who just UCLA again? dictated that to them and it wasn't just like they showed up yeah. and were bad um a lot of those dudes like what they were able to do was something that was obvious from the get-go which is they were going to be able to take UCLA off the dribble but that was the only thing UCLA gave them they didn't give them the three. Yeah. When they got threes, and yeah. they only they shot 28, which I'm going to say is only because that's under their season average of attempts. They shoot 30. Um, and they shot 28. And I want to say, let me, let me pull up the first half here real quick. Um, in the first half, uh, Alabama only shot 10 three-pointers. Um, they want right. to shoot threes. They want to shoot 15 a half. They only shot 10 in that first half. Um, and in the second half, it was more, it was 12, but that's 22 for the real game. And then in overtime, they started jacking up a bunch of them, uh, because they were trying to desperately come back in that game. Uh, UCLA ran them off the line, kept them from doing it. And maybe it was, you know, sort of a rope-a-dope where Alabama was convinced early. They had such an advantage driving it that they just got in love with it. Um, and then Cody Riley just started deciding he was going to block everything that came down the lane. Um, but they they just executed perfectly what they wanted to do against Alabama, um, and that was the story. It wasn't Alabama didn't play poorly. Um, they just got, I think, worked I'll by play. UCLA's game plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and here's the other thing I like about the national coverage: when you go to the tournament as a team, you really don't get. Uh, the publicity or the exposure until you get to the Sweet 16. And it's always that time between the first weekend and the second weekend. Right, where they have time to film TV spots with your family. Exactly. When they have time to do everything and and really showcase the team, that's that's the kind of exposure a program really can can use to springboard to go to a higher level. Right now, you after that game, you saw it. Coming out of some CBS or going into some commercials, you saw the clip of David Singleton and Kenny uh, Nwuba doing their little dance, leading the whole team off the court. You're seeing some exposure here. And this is just so invaluable. Um, even if they had lost in the Sweet 16 or or – before the, the loss in the round of 32, the exposure they're getting now in is so invaluable in recruiting. There are so many recruits out there, and I can tell you right now, I'll preface it by saying no one makes their decision on one factor, but there are so many out there that are now looking at UCLA and saying, oh, wow, I really like this. I like how, I like how they play. I like how tough they are. And damn, they could use me because they need some talent. If you are right now, Miles Johnson, the transfer from the post-transfer from Rutgers, 
or any post player, you, you say, wait, so that kid is 6'5", and he's a freshman, and he's playing center? <laughs> yeah. I, I think they could really use me there. So this this is, if you're talking about a building block that Mick Cronin will is, is now establishing to build his program, this is all it right here, and it's all gravy. It's all, like we said, even going to Sweet 16, and now it's even better. Wow, this is all, this is all great. This is all just great stuff, which helps so much in recruiting, helps so much with fundraising and donors and all of this. And then one, honestly, one, I'm just not going to say a championship, but getting to a Final Four gives you that next week, like it does between round of 32 and round of 16, where you get all that more exposure. So, wow, what what this has done for this program right now is is I'm telling you it's pretty phenomenal because I know there are recruits out there saying I I could go play for that I like yeah. that. Um, I'm going to tell you three critical stats heading into uh, Tuesday against Michigan. Okay. okay. Tiger Campbell, 31 minutes. Johnny Juzank, 30 minutes, and Cody Riley, 26 minutes. So by virtue of some foul trouble and some various other things, you know, three of UCLA starters actually weren't overloaded in an overtime game. Yeah. And I can tell you another stat. Jaime Jaquez played 45 and wasn't phased. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of them are really phased at this point, but I know Tiger Campbell especially has tended to, I think when he gets too many minutes, he tends to break down a little bit, just part of the, Understandably part of the so. virtue He's of the, being, you know, have full demands on him and being a slighter guy. Uh, yeah. But 31 minutes for him, I think that's going to leave him relatively fresh for Michigan. Um, yes. So getting a lot of bench minutes in this game from, you know, Jalen Clark, Jake Kyman, and David Singleton played a combined uh, 48 minutes in this one. Um, that was huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. And Michigan, I watched them today. They're tough, and they execute their offense really, really well. And they've got a big dude. Yeah. It's going to be a completely yeah. different game from this one. Yeah. No, I, I, this will probably be the the. If I say they're the best team UCLA will play will have played, I'm, I'm not talking about the most talented, but they'll probably be the best team that UCLA's played this year. But look at it, like you said, I, who would have who would have thunk this? And it's all about at this point that you're peaking, you're playing together, they're playing as a team, I, I, and. And the toughness. That's the thing. I mean, here's the biggest indication. Eight turnovers in that game. And how many turnovers did they have against Abilene Christian? Uh, I, I think it was I think it was eight or nine. And then the previous Not game they had many. four. This means that they're they're playing they're executing at a high level without making a lot of mistakes. And once again, okay, I just want to say this too. When they showed the starting the starters before the game and it gets up on the screen, Alabama has three seniors. Yeah. You saw had to just sit a bunch of sophomores. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know how else to say that y'all should be excited about this. Yeah. And, and I know it's hard. You've been beaten down. You've got definitely BBS, PTSD. You got it all right now. I get it. But it's okay. It's okay to be excited now. Right? Yeah. 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 Freedom to be excited. Okay. Well, I think we're 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 pretty wiped, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, seriously, right now, the you would say the best time in UCLA sports in five or six years? This? Right now? Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is I'm better than anything since, I don't know, Mora 2013. Okay. Let's go for eight years. Yeah, no. I mean, look, Delonzo ball year was fun and everything, but they, uh, well, they they flamed out um, and in kind of an ugly fashion against Kentucky. Um, and they didn't win the conference. I mean, this, what they're doing right now is, for me, kind of unparalleled for my time covering UCLA because it's a UCLA team obviously and completely overachieving. Um, you don't see that. Uh, even those Howland teams, they weren't overachieving. I mean, they were all two seeds or one seed in 2008. Uh, this yeah. team to do it as an 11 seed that... I, I personally had left for dead after the Pac-12 conference tournament um, and to do it the way they've done it where they've, it's not, they're not getting lucky. They're not scoring a last second shot against SMU. They are absolutely dictating their will to these teams. And they've done it now for 45, 50, 90 minutes of basketball. No, no. 130 straight minutes of basketball. Wow. Math. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just, nah. it's been, um, you know, uh, it's been just kind of, um, a unique experience. I don't think it's even comparable, uh, to Cronin or, or to, uh, to Mora or Howland years. I think you'd have to go back to whatever that Larry Brown team was to find something that's comparable. Um, right now on the cover, the cover, the front page of ESPN, <laughs> of the ESPN website, it's it's got a little Bruin story up there. And it's all about, uh, well, one of the stories is the Twitter reaction to this game uh, with uh, LeBron James tweeting about it, too. That seems uh, big. He just did a wow with a bunch of ex- exclamation points. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about exposure here. This is This is priceless. This is amazing stuff so yeah bros you guys have earned this you've you've hung in this has been this has been a tough stretch it really has and when you thought it just couldn't get any worse to come out of that football season realistically there should have been two more wins in that football season at least one and just to have it happen the way it did and then the way this regular season ended you guys, you guys are tough too. I, you got to give them some credit for some of the for these UCLA fans hanging in like this. So we love you. Dave loves you. He tells me all the time how much he loves all of you. Yeah, no, I write Tracy little letters about it. Dave, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Did you? Dave, mute are you me? still there? Did you mute me? <laughs> I think I'm alone now. No, you're not. You just muted me. I think. Anyway. I think Dave is gone. Somehow he disappeared. That that offended him so much, what I just said. But I think we've done just about this as well as we can. For David Woods and Bruin Report Online, uh, go out there and have some fun tonight. Have a few drinks, and uh, we'll see you in the Elite Eight. Okay, I'm going to say bye here, even though Tracy can't hear me. Bye. <laughs>